Hey guys, so this is like a new podcast that I'm doing. Uh, if you know me, you'll know uh, my friend Hayden, probably. Uh, he was originally doing his own podcast and uh, still is from what he's told me. Uh, and he was this was originally going to be like a part of his uh, podcast, this series, this Rewind Replay. Uh, but he decided... Uh, not to, he decided he just wanted to do the main podcast and that I would take over the Rewind Replay, uh, which, which I don't mind, I actually have a lot of fun with these. Um, so yeah, there will hopefully be a lot more episodes made, um, after this. Uh, this episode's gonna be kind of short because we had to cut one of the, um, sections out where we talk about one of the movies, because Hayden wanted to put that, uh, in his podcast to promote mine. Um, so it's gonna sound a little awkward because we're gonna talk about how there's three movies we're talking about, but really is only two. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, really, uh, if you if you like this, please um, share it around if you want to. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I'm sure Hayden had a lot of fun. And if anyone uh, from really my group of friends or the local area wants to talk about uh, any movies new or old uh we usually do about three um just hit me up and i'll uh i'll talk to you about it uh thanks give it a listen and really that's a lot to say So now the next movie on the agenda that came out about March of this year and was kind of like a controversial movie for some people, and that was Captain Marvel. Now, when I first saw this movie in theaters, I just thought it was okay. It was kind of like my experience with Black Panther. I actually prefer Black Panther more than Captain Marvel, just by a little bit, because at least Black Panther's got some more interesting themes and stuff. It's got a more interesting villain and all that, and I'd say for the most part, this movie was just kind of an okay ride for me. Like, Captain Marvel was introduced a little late into the MCU, it felt like. It's almost as if she was, like, put in there just for the sole purpose of they need her in Endgame and stuff, and, like, it does raise the question, why wouldn't you give Black Widow a movie before her? Because she's been more fleshed out and is a better character. I just, again, found this movie to be okay the entire way through. I don't think it's one of Marvel's best. I think it's kind of one of their most generic, if not, like, passable films, I guess, but your take? Uh, I kind of enjoyed this film. I didn't think it was the greatest thing in the world. I did enjoy it a little bit more than uh, Black Panther, but that's just kind of preference on my part. Um, I don't have as close of a connection to the MCU as you do. I think I've only seen like half the films in the MCU, so that's not really um, a major thing for me. I got into it a little bit when I was when they were first starting to do it, but after that I was kind of out of it. Um, <clears throat> Captain Marvel is pretty good. I'm going to go and get into the cast, if you don't mind. Yeah, you can get into the cast. Uh, Brie Larson, uh, of course, plays Carol Den- Denvers, the, um, the future Captain Marvel. Samuel L. Jackson, of course, plays Nick Fury, and I, he's the comic relief of this movie. Uh, he's pretty good in that role, too. I actually really en- I enjoyed him better in this movie, probably, than some of the other ones. Uh, Jude Law plays Jan Rogg, is his name? Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of like the... Villain. Oh yeah, spoilers. I don't think you. I don't know if you said that. Spoilers. He's kind of like the villain character of this movie. Um, he he's not horrible. He's kind of just kind of a run of the mill villain at this point. Um, ben Mendelsohn plays what is that? Talos Keller. Yep. Um, I actually do not remember this character. Oh really? No. Uh, we can get into that after this. Uh, Lashana Lynch 
uh, plays Mara Rambu? Maria Rambo. Mar- oh, okay, or Maria Rambo. Whatever. Okay. Handwriting's not the greatest, but it's fine. <laughs> Annette uh, Bang? Benning. Benning. Okay. Uh, plays Captain Marvell. And then Lee Pace uh, plays Ronan the Accuser. Yes. Okay, so I had a little trouble reading the names, but it's fine. Uh, if anyone has any issues with it, take it up with Hayden. So, yeah, again, I didn't think this movie was horrible. I thought Jude Law was kind of okay as his role as the villain. Uh, Brie Larson, again, she gets uh, a lot of hate, but I didn't think she was horrible. Yeah, she's not the most well-written uh, female character of any of the movies, like uh, Black Widow, Gamora, um, Nebula. They're kind of more well-written because they're developed more throughout the movies that they're in. Of course, Samuel L. Jackson, he's Nick Fury, he's really... He's just Sam Jackson. He's pretty much the shining star in any role he plays. Uh, uh, Ronan the Accuser is not really that apparent until the end, so you don't, you don't really have to care about him until you get to the end of the movie. Now, tell me about uh, Talos. I don't really remember him. So, this was the guy that he sets up the whole, like, scroll thing where, like, they're going at the beginning of the movie to get the guy that's calling out for the distress signal, and he turns out to be that guy that's kind of, like, disguised as him because the scrolls are able to shapeshift and be whatever they want. And so, when Captain Marvel is brought to the ship and stuff, they're trying to read her mind and all that, and he's, like, the head honcho running it. And then he comes down to Earth with those scrolls that got knocked oh. off the ship, and he's, like, the main leader He's, of like, them. the British talking one, right? Yeah. Okay, I remember him now. Uh, he was pretty good uh, as that uh, character. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this movie, other than it was uh, pretty uh, good. I'll let you go ahead and go off. I guess my biggest issue with this movie is that it's introduced a little late, and the way that they kind of introduce Captain Marvel isn't the best way that you could in the MCU, because... For the most part, her character just kind of feels like she's the cockiest out of most of the Marvel yep. characters. She feels like the one that has probably the worst writing and the mo- the worst character development. And what kind of sucks about her is that she gets introduced very late into the MCU and stuff. Again, like I said, when Black Widow probably should have got a movie before her because of how much she's universally loved by everybody. But this movie tries at times to like flesh her out to me to be like a likable character and stuff. But like she comes across as very cocky throughout most of the film. Like she's better than everybody on the planet. And I'm just like well, why would you treat everybody that you don't know like this? Like, there's that scene where she's sitting in that bar and stuff with Nick Fury, and then she's kind of like, all right, well, tell me some things about you and stuff. And then Nick Fury's like, how am I supposed to know you're not one of those scroll things? And she, like, destroys a jukebox, and Nick Fury's like, yeah, so no why would you do that in the first place? <laughs> and she's like, because scrolls can't do that. And I'm like, so what was the point of doing it in <laughs> the first place? How is he supposed to know that, though? And so another thing that kind of bothered me about the movie is, like, when Captain Marvel is, like, going against all of these different uh, scrolls and stuff, and throughout most of the movies she's trying to fight him off, and she's trying to chase the one on the train and stuff, she, like, kind of almost blames the humans on Earth for not knowing about aliens and stuff, but, like, this is their, like, first huge encounter with them almost, so yeah. I don't blame them for not being as prepared as they are. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is a thing, yes, but, like, they're not ready for, like, these scrolls to come down and just kind of wreak havoc and stuff and Captain Marvel to destroy stuff. Yeah. And even when, like, the movie tries to, like, push this whole she's forgotten her memory and stuff and it's been wiped and they keep doing these flashback sequences and stuff, I'm just not as invested in it because it's not really that interesting. Just to me, what kind of sucks about her character and all that in this movie is that they don't write her enough to where I care enough to see the sequel or to learn more about her in a way. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say that she's... Here, 
her, she is space smart earth dumb. Yes. That's pretty much all I can say about it, because she's really smart about everything she's learned from space, but once she gets to Earth, she's, she's like, what's this, what's that, what are you talking about? Um, they do a fish out of water thing, which has been done with Thor, which has been yeah. done in like, I, like Aquaman and Wonder Woman have done that before. It's kind of the end of Captain America. Yeah, and at the end of Captain America, I guess, and then the Avengers, he kind of is like learning some stuff about technology yeah. and all that. But like, when you've done this concept already in your Marvel films, and then you try to bring it back here, when like you should be doing more different stuff with it, it just doesn't work. Like, even the twist with like Jude Law being the villain is something that you can see coming from a mile away because like, you know, Talos isn't exactly going to be the villain because they're not exactly trying to hurt her in a way. Yeah. They're not trying to kill her. They're just they want information out of her, and you're kind of like, well, I can understand and stuff. But then you like go deeper into Jude Law's motivation, and the only reason that he really wants to kill these scrolls is because the Supreme Intelligence preaches that they're horrible. What what it was was they rejected Cree uh, rule, like the Cree yeah. were trying to take over everything, and uh, the scrolls like rejected it. So the Cree were like, "Oh, we're just gonna kill all of you then." <laughs> yeah, and so what I don't really get about Jude Law is that like he knows in a sense that like if Carol Danvers does figure out that she has this power and stuff, he can be easily defeated and stuff. So I don't know why he doesn't try a little bit more manipulation and all that, or why he doesn't like, like say when they get her strapped down and stuff and she's with the Supreme intelligence and like her subconscious, like why they don't possibly think about executing her or something in a way. Yeah. Because like, this is going to be a huge threat if you just let her walk and they never do any of that in a sense. Uh, I, I guess I did kind of, it wasn't the coolest thing in the world, but I did think it was kind of neat how she did eventually learn how to use her powers, uh, because she got that chip off her neck or whatever it was that was controlling her. It was restraining her. her, yeah. Yeah, and then she was just like, oh, I'm the freaking strongest thing in the world now, which really, you never see that happen with other superheroes. They always go through a learning phase. Yeah. Uh, such as in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, he got his powers and he was like, well, I have no idea what I'm doing. So he had to like, there's like the, yeah, there's like the go have go thing. Like, it would have been cool if they would have done something like that with uh, her, obviously not the same with Spider-Man, but like, she's like, oh, um, learning, they did that in Shazam. Yeah. He got his powers and he was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Meanwhile, she was just like, I know everything I'm doing and you cannot stop me. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what sucks is and, and turns a lot of people off is she's very cocky. I mean, especially yeah. the ending. If you're going to try and like redeem her and stuff to where she actually learns to be, become a more like, you know, level-headed person and stuff. What really doesn't work at the ending, though, is like she goes up and takes on Ronan's army all by herself. She throws all those missiles back. She's like going through the ships and blowing yeah. them up and stuff. And I'm like... So you're still going to go for the whole she's the most super powerful thing when I feel like you could have done something interesting and she's a bit more level-headed now because yeah. Ronan's not even, like, a big part in this movie. He's just kind of a cameo He's there. He's just there. Yeah, and then he, like, runs away after he realizes, well, we can't take her on, but we'll be back for her, don't worry, and then... You know. So, basically, it's, it's not really a, an origin story. It's more of... It's like shoehorning her into this universe yeah, that's like, leading up to this She's event. already... It's like, basically, it's like... Fuck her origin. She's great. She's uh, already got all the strength. All she has to do is get the, uh, rid of the restraints. And I don't... Uh, that, that's why a lot of people and don't like it. And I can understand that. I don't really uh, agree with that as well. I haven't. I didn't really think about that. Of course, I just recently watched this movie. So I didn't really think about that. Um, but now that I'm kind of talking about it, yeah, it does make sense as to why people wouldn't like her. She's cocky. She's being force-fed to us. We're like... Uh, we want more development on her, and uh, instead the MCU just like, no, screw you, you have to 
just uh, listen to what we say. This is what uh, we want you to know. And it, it does make you think in a lot of ways, like, because at the ending, she's helping the scrolls find a new planet and, like, set up civilization and stuff. But, like, then you think Nick Fury has had this pager the entire time and could have contacted her, like, when Loki invaded New York, when Ultron took over, when this whole civil war was going on between yep. the two different ideologies and stuff. And he waits until after Thanos has come to Earth and taken, snapped. Yeah, snapped and now has won and now he's like well we better contact her now but like if she's existed this entire time why would you not like introduce her earlier because now it just feels like there are a lot of scenarios where she could have saved a ton of people yeah she did say it's for emergencies only and, and there's been emergencies yeah like loki came to earth that was an emergency well that was an ex that was kind of an extreme thing because like there were freaking aliens coming, yeah, coming out of the sky of, and attacking yeah. uh <clears throat> The Winter Soldier really wasn't a major thing. Captain America handled that. Yeah. Um, the Civil War, I don't think, would have been a major thing for her because they didn't really put people in harm's way. They were fighting at, like, a, an empty, uh, like, uh, airfield or something, yeah. airport. So that wasn't a huge thing. It was just two heroes fighting. Uh, but, yeah, so they have had a few instances where it's like, hey, Captain Marvel could show up and help us. But they were like, no, we're going to save her for later. <laughs> I just, this movie really should have come out years ago, if anything, because introducing her late and stuff, and then being like, oh yeah, she's going to be essential in Endgame, and then you go and see this movie, and she's not even really that essential, you're just kind of like, well, what was the actual point of this movie then? Because, like, even in Endgame, she's only in it for, like, maybe four minutes of screen time, and yeah. it's not even great, like, moments in that movie for her, it's just kind of like she's here, and I'm just like, yeah. okay, but again, we don't really need her in this film. I will say, Sam Jackson... That's, like, CG, right? Yeah, that's CG. That movie. looks really good. It is. That's, like, some of the best CG that they've done with, like, making a person look younger. Because a lot of the complaints I see with uh, the CG like that is they don't look as lifelike. And I think this one, he looks pretty lifelike. He looks amazing, yeah. Um, I guess, like, I, to wrap this up a little bit, Sam Jackson's good in this movie, and I would still say that he's one of the most integral parts of the MCU because he's been there for every major, like, gang-up event and stuff, so it does make sense that he's here. And I like the fact that the movie is at least trying to show off some brand-new world-building and stuff with, like, the scrolls. and now, with the scrolls being in the MCU, that does raise a big question, like, who's actually, like, this superhero and who's a scroll? because at the end of, like, Far From Home, they showed the whole scroll of his uh, civilization has come back and stuff, and yeah. then Talos and his wife have been down on Earth as Nick Fury and his uh, partner. So well, I think, that, yeah, that's kind of interesting. So for the most part, what I liked about this movie was the fact that, like, it's good at trying to set up brand new stuff in the MCU, like, the scrolls yeah. are interesting, it's still giving us a little bit more on, like, Sam Jackson and how the Avengers came to be, which I will admit, I don't like the fact that the sole reason they're called the Avengers is because of her. I was kind of like, okay, so this little name tag or whatever that's on the side of her, like, fighter pilot jet and stuff, I'm, that's, like, the sole reason it's called the Avengers. Really? And I'm I like, didn't even notice that. Yeah, I was kind of like, oh, really? And, like, we didn't talk much about, like, the best friend in the movie. I thought she was, like, one of the better additions of the movie. Because yeah. you don't hate her. She's actually, like, a great person. She's like, you just ran away and got these powers, and now you expect him to, like, accept you and stuff. And See? it takes her a while to, like, take that in and stuff. I'm like, all right, that's great. And I wish the movie would have more moments like that, but for the most part, they're just like, nope, Captain Marvel's gonna go do this with their magic powers. Yeah. See, I thought they were going for the idea that they were a lesbian couple. I thought that's what they were going for. I don't know why I thought that, but that's kind of the idea that I got. Maybe I'm just dumb. But, uh, 
Like, that's the genuine idea that I thought they were going for. I think it was more or less like this has been her They're best really friend to, yeah. in the Air Force and stuff, and they were just kind of like, you know, buddies, and then, like, she disappears, and she's kind of like, what the heck, you know, I let you come with my kid, help her raise her and stuff, and then you just show back up on my doorstep and accept, like, you know, a grad party and all yeah. that, basically. So, yeah, as it got closer to the, like, as it got, like, halfway through, I was like, okay, so they're not really uh, a lesbian couple, they're just really close friends. That's when I started to uh, realize, but, like, um, closer to when they first started to introduce her, I was like, oh, is that, like, I mean, I mean, okay, fair enough, but no, they're, they went, uh, they kind of fooled me there. Uh, do you want to go ahead and get to final thoughts on this? We've been going on for a little bit. Yeah, I guess. Um, so to give my final thoughts on this movie, like I said, this is just okay for the MCU. Like, I really wish, again, Captain Marvel maybe would have been introduced a little bit earlier, and then maybe she comes back later, and there's a great payoff and stuff, but for the most part, this movie just kind of feels like it's shoehorning in a character that we don't really care too much about and stuff, because, like, yeah. I don't have enough, like, passion to go see the sequel, I guess, because I'm just kind of like, well, she's here, and I don't really care much to know about her. Like I said, the writing for her is terrible, and there's been better written characters in the MCU and stuff, so I don't know why here they make an exception. Um, I don't really like her that much as a superhero. I think she's very cocky and arrogant, and they still need to fix that to make her a more likable character. Uh, the twist villain with Jude Law is, like, not even really that interesting. It's it's kind of interesting the way that he's just like, yeah, I'm going to keep manipulating you, but they don't do much with it to make it interesting. Talos is a pretty good addi uh, addition, and all of the scrolls and stuff, I like that, yeah. but... For the most part, this movie just kind of feels like it's meh. It's just okay. I gave it a 5 out of 10. I think I keep it there. It's just not really a whole lot I liked about it. I liked it a little bit more than you did, I think. But like I, like we've said several times, I'm not as invested uh, in the MCU. Um, I, I think I don't really have much more to say other than what I've already said. I think I'm going to go ahead and give this maybe a, a strong 6, maybe a 7. All right. I guess that's fair because some people have kind of been arguing all over the internet and stuff about if this movie's good and yeah. bad and all that. And I, I agree with a lot of the complaints people have. I just don't feel as strongly, I think. I guess what really sucks about this movie is that this is kind of like The Last Jedi for the MCU almost. Like, The Last Jedi literally divided the Star Wars fan base down the middle, and now there's two sides that either love these like types of movies or they hate them. And this movie was kind of their last Jedi because there's a lot of people that really hate this film and think it shouldn't exist and it's bad for the MCU. And then you got the other side that's like, oh no, this is great. We're finally getting some like development for female superheroes and stuff. And just like, it's a bad divide right now that Disney's kind of in yeah, with this. I, I'm... I'm more excited for the lesser-known heroes that they're going to start adding into the MCU. Uh, we've we've already had Iron Man. We've already had Captain America. We've we've heard about Spider-Man three times already. Uh, we need more uh, of like maybe maybe not the Punisher, but like Blade. We're getting the Fantastic Four. We're uh, yeah, we're getting more of like that, and I think that's really cool because. Yeah, people know the Fantastic Four. They've made movies about them, but no, not any good movies. <laughs> I know. Uh, Blade, they made movies about, but again, those movies were good, from what I hear. They, uh, but, I like Wesley Snipes a lot in those, yeah. yeah. But uh, it sounds like they're going to be going in a pretty good direction from here on out, as long as they don't screw things up and make the characters horrible. Yeah. So that being said, that's kind of our thoughts on Captain Marvel. I didn't really get to, like I said, talk about this. I should have started the podcast in maybe March if I wanted to talk about it. But for the most part, that's pretty much my thoughts on Captain Marvel and Brian. So I guess now we'll move into a movie that I am really excited to talk about, and that is Baby Driver. So the third and final film we are talking about today is a film that I absolutely love with a passion. I like Edgar Wright so much because he's made films like 
Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, Scott Pilgrim. Could go on forever about this guy and like what he does as a director because he's just amazing with the way he crafts his movies. And this is Baby Driver. Now, Baby Driver was a film when I first saw it. I wasn't sure because the premise is kind of like it's it's different, it's interesting, and usually I'm open to stuff like this, but I'm like, how are they going to make a film out of this? A guy that, like, he drives really well, he listens to music and stuff, and after seeing it, I really wish I wouldn't have questioned myself because this is a great film. I love it. This is one of my favorite Edgar Wright films and one of my favorite films of all time. I absolutely adore this film. I think that this film is awesome, and there's a lot to talk about with it and kind of, like, go into why it's such an amazing made film. But what's your thoughts on Baby Driver? Uh, I had kind of been hesitant on getting into it because um, it seemed experimental and I was like, okay, I'm not sure if I'll like this or not. But I watched it, freaking enjoyed it. Uh, it was a really good movie. Uh, I thought it was cool how... Um, I'll go ahead and get to the cast, actually. Yeah. Uh, Ansel Elgort? Yeah, Ansel Elgort. Okay, he plays Baby. Uh, his real name is Miles. Mm-hmm. Um, Lily James plays Deborah. Uh, John Hamm plays Buddy. John Hamm's pretty good in his role, I think. I love him. He's great. Uh, Eliza Gonzalez Eliza plays... Gonzalez. Eliza Gonzalez, okay. Uh, plays Darling. Jamie Foxx plays Bats. Kevin Spacey is Doc. Kevin Spacey's kind of a controversial guy now, but, you know, he was pretty good in his role. Uh, and John Bernthal plays... Griff. Griff. So, this movie, I just want to talk about it right off the bat, is one of the best edited films I have ever seen because oh, yeah. the songs are literally edited to like all of the motions he does in the car like when he's switching <laughs> gears it, it switches to like the beats of the song and stuff like when he's driving and skidding and stuff it's like to the beats and riffs of the song and that is just great editing even when he's like walking around and stuff he's like closing stuff or grabbing yeah. stuff it's to the beats and stuff I'm like this is beautiful and, he, and Edgar Wright's done stuff like that before in his other films but this is just so great to see here with a movie that deals with like cars and music oh, and yeah. all that and it's wonderful so this is something that I've always wanted to see in movie is when the music enhances it yeah there's music that enhances movies and stuff but this really enhances it because uh like there's that one sequence where um john ham is like uh his wife first gets shot and he's blaming baby for it and yeah. he's like shooting at the cops and everything and the gunshots go directly with the music and it sounds really good yeah like even the tequila scene where they're going to try yeah. and get the weapons and stuff and like jamie fox is shooting and stuff it's to the riffs of tequila and stuff and when they drive out, he drops the grenade, and it's like tequila, and it explodes. He throws the grenade, and, yeah, and they it's drive awesome. away right when yeah. it explodes. He says tequila. I love little subtle moments like that. I love yeah. the moments where Baby is like creating his own music and remixes and stuff with like how people talk. Like he makes that really awesome remix of "Was He Slow?" That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great stuff in this movie that just deals with music. And usually, you know, movies like this, I'm not sure if the music's going to be good, but Edgar Wright just he literally weaves it in so perfectly to where you fall in love with this movie like right off the first scene because when Baby he's sitting outside the bank and stuff and yep. you, you see him just kind of like pounding on uh the dash and stuff and he's like going around singing yep. and being crazy and then john bernthal gets in the car and he points forward and he goes backwards <laughs> and then it's yep. he's like escaping the cops with like really cool drifts and stuff it's just amazing the way that this movie is crafted right off the bat you will instantly smile you'll love everything yep. about it it's just wonderful i love it so um this movie the original concept for it is based on a music video that edgar wright did back like almost 20 years ago i think uh, starring some like British guys, I don't know their names. It's based on I don't remember the name of the song, but it, uh, basically it's uh, it's it's a heist that they're going on, and uh, he's the, it's not the same actors, obviously. The guy's sitting in the car, and he's like, "How long do you think you'll be?" They say, "Oh, like this amount of time." So he puts the CD in, 
tells him to go, and then he, throughout the whole time they're in there, he's, like, dancing to it and singing and everything, uh, trying to avoid, uh, confrontation from other people by, like, one time he puts, like, a taxi driver's hat on and holds up a sign saying, waiting for Mr. Lewis or something. It's, it's a pretty funny music video, and that's kind of where the original concept for this movie came from. I don't know if, I don't know if a lot of people know that, and I, th I thought that was pretty cool and interesting. Yeah. Um, I like one thing about this movie with Baby, because he has tinnitus, he's got a hum in the drum, yeah. as Kevin Spacey says, and so he uses music to drown it out and stuff, and I like it because Baby's a very energetic character that Edgar Wright has written, because he's, like, dancing, he's going into all the beats of the song and stuff, yeah. and, like, when he tries to sit down and talk to, uh, Deborah in this movie, it's kind of sweet, because, like, he's not great at social interactions and stuff, he's just better being the driver that's quiet and can do well and stuff, and I like seeing him just kind of come out of the mold and express himself, like, I actually really like you, Deborah. I think you're a great girl and stuff, and then he realizes that, like, he can't have this life with her and stuff because Doc is constantly calling up and is like, baby, we got a job for you. You better be here and stuff. And he's like, well, you promised me one more. And he's like, yeah, I promised you one more, but I'll kill your girlfriend if you don't do I'll, it and I'll, stuff. I'll bust your kneecaps and kill your friends and family and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, Kevin yeah. Spacey. And I like that because it's weaved really well into the plot that you've got baby that just wants freedom. He wants to drive off with his girlfriend and stuff. He wants to yep. go and have a great life. But West. he's gotten so badly into, like, this crime life and stuff where he's helping out all of these robbers and stuff to where he can't just get out begging for it. He has to actually find a way out and stuff. And Doc promises, oh yeah, this will be the last one, don't worry, but you know in the back of your head, Baby's never actually done. And yeah. so, what I like about this movie is it's kind of shot in an artistic way too, because like, that opening shot where Baby's walking down the street and it shows like, the words of the songs that are painted on and stuff, like, oh, did you notice yeah, that? It's like yeah. painted on the sides like, of the, the walls. Walking, he's going to get yeah. coffee. And even it has really nice, like, uh, wide angle shots and stuff of like, everybody yeah. just sitting down and talking. Like, Edgar Wright's always been really good behind the camera and stuff, so I was proud that this movie was shot extremely well. Now the villains. This is the one thing I want to talk about. I guess, do you have anything to say about the villains? Uh, it's weird because the villains are also the good guys, but also villains. Okay, I'll go. I'll go ahead and say it's Jamie Fox, kind of. Uh, John Hamm, kind of. Kevin Spacey, kind of. Well, Kevin Spacey's trying to be like a friend. To He's baby. like a dad, kind of. I guess to he, a baby. In a way, I would say he's kind of like a mentor for Baby. Yeah. He's kind of teaching him what it's like to get into... Because he said, like, oh, yeah, Baby tried to steal something from me, a car or something, a couple years back, and I've always kind of raised him now to being this great yeah. driver and stuff. And John Hamm really does not hate Baby at first. Like, he actually likes yeah. his kid and kind of is like, oh, it's interesting. And he's like, what are you he, listening to? He's like, Brighton Rock, and they bond over that, and it's great. He tells people to stop messing with Baby because he's such a good kid. He's like, oh, just leave him alone. He's, he's not weird. He just likes to listen to music. Leave him alone. Uh, Jamie Foxx... Quick, now, a, I would okay. say he's the straight-up villain, though, because yeah, he is he's just, just like, crazy. rude the entire he's film. He's a dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, I, Jamie Foxx is kind of good at playing that role, though. He is. He's good at kind of roles like this, where he kind of, like, sinks into, a, like, a villainous role and stuff. It's not as bad as The Amazing Spider-Man 2, where he's Electro or anything. Oh, but, like, God, no. He's, he's really good at playing this villainous character and stuff, because, like, he doesn't really respect Baby. He's just kind of like, I don't get why everybody likes this kid. So what? He doesn't yeah. talk or anything, and... He's constantly, like, messing with his music and stuff. Yeah. He's constantly like, why don't you take those earbuds out and listen for the cops and stuff? And literally, there's a great tension-built scene that we'll get into in a minute with Jamie Foxx. But just, like, Jamie Foxx does such a wonderful job bringing yeah. bats to life that I don't really know if there was anybody else I'd pick for this role. No, he, he's really good at being... Okay, this is... He's really good at playing kind of like a thug-like character. Yeah. Um, real quick, I wanted to mention, when Jamie Foxx first appears, it's, it's in a, um, like, a meeting scene with uh some guy and 
There's also Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. He plays, like, this guy who had his nose, like, reconstructed. I just wanted to mention that because I'm a big fan of Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I was kind of uh, happy about that. But uh, other than that, I think Bats was... he. Yeah, he was pretty much the villain. He was the... He was just a dick throughout the whole movie. Buddy, on the other hand, he was... Like you said, he was really nice. He was like, oh, let's listen to some music together. He's smiling at him and everything. Yeah. And then he gets his wife shot. Uh, technically, he doesn't get his wife shot, but he's kind of like the reason the cops are after them because he screwed up their uh, final heist. Technically, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, he the his, the guy's wife gets shot with a uh, darling. Uh, I believe her real name is Monica. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Buddy's like, oh, you're gonna uh, freaking pay, dude. So he meets. Oh, you want to go ahead and get into this? Uh, the tension scene. Or do you want to go and stay back and talk about some more of the cooler action scenes I guess and the driving to, stuff? To kind of talk about the heist that they do at the beginning of the movie, like the one with Jamie Foxx, oh, yeah. he's great at kind of writing comedy into there because he's a master of comedy and stuff. Like the one guy buys the wrong mask and stuff, and then he's like, oh man, can you believe we actually robbed that place? We yeah. shot that guy, can you believe that? And then he leaves the gun behind in the car. They have subtle moments like that. Like that. There's a great scene in the movie where it kind of shows baby's humanity because they're stealing a car from this mother, and there's a baby in it. Yeah. And he's kind of like, he gets I'm not gonna, he's like, I'm not driving off until this baby is given to her. And like, Jamie Foxx is like, we gotta go or I'm gonna shoot you or I'll drive this car myself. And he gives her the baby very quickly. He's like, I'm sorry, ma'am, they get in the car. And that all comes back later, which I'll talk about. And yeah. like, even this old lady that he's like run from uh, John Hamm and the cops and stuff. Yeah. He take, he's like, old lady, please give me your, your, your car and all that. And he, he throws doesn't her, yeah. want to be a criminal. Yeah. He just, he has to in these situations because otherwise he's, he's just screwed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that whole robbery scene with Jamie Foxx is kind of weird. Uh, there's that one guy whose name I don't remember. That, like, uh, a Mexican or whatever he is. Uh, Asian? Asian guy. Yeah. Um, he's just an idiot. He he, he yeah. gets uh, the wrong mask. He's like, oh, you said uh, Michael Myers. He's like, no, the guy from Halloween. He's like, oh. Yeah. That scene was, it was kind of funny, but it was also kind of dumb. Um, and then there's, he's like he's running from the car to get in the other car and he drops the like the bags and has to pick them back up and he's like oh i'm on my way guys and he's like oh shoot i forgot my shotgun and then when baby gets back uh from getting the coffee for them uh he's like oh uh, where's he at and he's like don't worry about him and it turns out he's he got shot because he's such an idiot and they probably think he's some uh, Dick who's trying to screw up their operation or something. Yeah. And Doc always says that he, he never does the same crew twice, which I like. He's always switching it up and stuff. Yeah. And one thing in this movie that I liked in particular was, this is, again, the tension built scene I wanted to talk about, is the heist where Baby kind of has that choice of, like, I can drive off and leave these guys, or I can sit here at this, like, postal service and wait for them. And, like, the music there is great, because it's like a dun 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 and it's speeding yeah. up as, like, the scene gets more tense, because that lady recognizes him when he has yeah. to go in and scope out and she's like calling the cop over she's and walking by and smiling at him he's, he's just like shaking his head no she's like she she thinks like at first i think she's like uh, she thinks he's threatening her yeah and she's like okay i'm gonna get a cop and then he uh she gets that or it's, it's like a security guard yeah he's like uh excuse me sir is something going on here jamie fox just shoots him yeah and then uh jamie fox gets and he's like drive and he's, he's just sitting there he's like 
getting angrier at the wheel, and then he just steps on. He drives forward, fucking <laughs> impales Jamie Foxx. Yeah, Fox. he impales Jamie Foxx, which is one of my favorite things about this movie, is, like, yeah. the resolution of what happens to this guy, because, you know, he breaks baby's glasses and stuff, and baby finally just snaps. Like, I think his sanity is <laughs> yeah. so bad at this point to where he just steps on it, Jamie Foxx gets impaled, and they're all like, why would you do that? We gotta run and stuff. So they get out, and, of course, that's what leads to John Hamm's wife getting killed yeah. and stuff and all of that. And, you know, a lot of people could say this is where the movie gets a little messy, is, like, yeah. that whole sequence isn't uh, done well. But I think it's great because you've still got the music overhead where it's, like, a loud, like, cops are coming after you music and babies running around frantically. He's going through that mall and stuff. Like, I like that really well and stuff, but I will agree with people that are like, that could have been maybe executed a little bit better because it all happens yes, so definitely. quickly. And I'm like, I still think it's good for what it is. So, it's messy, but it's good for what it is. So, uh, I think some of my, not most favorite, but more, more favorite, like wholesome parts of the movie is when he's at home talking to his godfather. Um, because it's like, he's doing like actual sign language and talking to him. It's like, it's a really nice scene because there's no uh, confrontation. There's no uh, conflict. He's just like, talking to his uh, godfather, taking care of him, putting freaking yeah. peanut butter on the sandwich to the edges. Don't forget the edges. Yeah. Um, so I, I really like those scenes. Yeah. They're really nice. I guess to kind of go back to the tension, because I wasn't done there. But, oh, sorry. Uh, no, it's no problem. Um, there's another great scene in the diner where Jamie Foxx wanted to stop and get uh, drinks or something to eat, I guess, and yeah. Deborah works there, mm-hmm. and Baby is really <laughs> nervous about being there because, you know, him and Deborah are kind of like a thing, and Deborah doesn't understand what's going on, and Jamie Foxx is like, wait, which is kind of cute. Don't mind if I shoot her. And you see Baby grab the gun, and that's like the first moment where you see him kind of like snapping. He's like, if you do it, I'll kill you. And it's great because that's another tense build scene because you expect Jamie Foxx to just shoot Baby and everybody in the diner that's a witness. Yeah. But Jamie Foxx kind of respects that Baby's coming out of his shell in a way. He's kind of like, all right, I like he, this. This is different. Jamie Foxx's character is just borderline anarchist, basically. Kind of, yeah. He's, he's just like, uh, let's see what I can do without getting killed, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess to because I want to get into the like the final sequence and stuff where oh, like yeah, go he goes to Doc and is kind of like hey I, oh, I need her and I to get out of this situation I can't keep doing this and stuff and so you know Doc could easily just shoot them both and be like nope I'm, I'm getting out of here I can cut ties but he's respected Baby he understands what Baby has done for him and all this work he lets him out and it's a great like little resolution scene that Baby could go to freedom because like as long as he was like friends with Doc and was just doing as Doc wanted and was nice because he was nice to everybody in the end they're probably going to help him out at some point and all that and I like when John Hamm comes up and he's playing bright and rock in the car and stuff. And he <laughs> yeah. hits Kevin Spacey and all that. And he's like, where are you, baby? And they're driving around the garage looking for him. Like, I love that entire sequence. Yeah, that was pretty... It was, I wasn't say it was the most suspenseful, but it was kind of a little more thrilling. It, it's, it's a good thrilling scene, I'll say yeah. that. I like how John Hamm gets uh, he knocked off and he falls into the flaming car so and stuff. what it is is the car gets knocked off. He jumps out of the car before it gets knocked off. And uh, Baby, like, checks to see if he's dead. And he just puts the gun to his head. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, like, a kind of a smaller action sequence where um, Deborah walks up with the crowbar, hits him in the head, and then him and Baby kind of fight it out. He shoots him in the leg, and he falls off into the freaking bottom of the car. It explodes. That's a pretty cool scene. Um, and then they just drive off. He gets knocked out. Well, yeah, he gets knocked off, and they're driving off, and then those police officers stop, and it's like, it's okay, baby, everything is it's gonna be okay, and so he goes to prison and all that, and then they have, like, this court case and stuff where all the people he was nice to were kind of like, well, he was the only one that was, like, nice to me, he gave me my purse yeah, back, he, really, he gave me my baby, it it's just... like, he, he did bad things, but he was really nice about it, because he didn't seem like he wanted to do it. Yeah. Um... And the judge gives him 25, but uh, he's he's able to get five with parole. 
Yeah. Uh, which I think is kind of a good resolve to the movie because he does get that parole. Yeah. He gets that five, he gets parole, he gets out, and Deborah's waiting there because he had, he has, so I do need to mention, he has this like dream sequence kind of. Yeah. It's kind of like a 50s type scene. He's wearing like a 50s style clothes. Uh, and she's standing there leaning against the car and it's kind of like a dream sequence. And it basically happens exactly that way after he gets out of uh, prison. He walks out, he's wearing not the same clothes, but he walks out, he's wearing like a white shirt. She's leaning against this nice car and he's like, he just smiles at her. He... Uh, and they get in and drive away, and that's pretty much the end of the movie. Yeah, and I like that. That's nice. Yeah, um, that, was a, that was a really my, nice sequence. My only major complaints with the movie, and there's not really that many, is like I said, the whole heist sequence at the post office, like I said, when it's resolved after Jamie Foxx gets impaled and all that, it's all kind of quickly rushed together that they're escaping and all yeah. of this is happening, and I wish that was kind of slowed down a little bit. Huh? And it wasn't just like, hey, we need to get out of here, we need to do all this shaky cam and all that and stuff. I just wish it was done a little better. Um, the ending, for the most part, I like. Yeah. You know, it's kind of resolved a little quickly, like, oh, baby, you'll just get five they, years in parole. They and, definitely made it so that there isn't, uh, there's definitely shouldn't be a sequel. They definitely made it so it's like, everything's going good for him, there's no, there's no need for a sequel. Yeah. So do you really have any major complaints with it, I guess? Not, now that we've kind of talked about it, not really. Uh, I think the you kind of uh, landed on what I said a little bit more. It's kind of uh, the end sequence is kind of off. Like yeah. the final sequence is kind of off. The, uh, the, the third act is, I guess. Uh, I think the third act's fine. It's just like it's fine, up. but it's not as good as the first two. Which it's does it doesn't have to be because in all around it's a good movie. Um, I thought that um, all the actors were pretty strong. Uh, even the minor ones were were pretty strong. I thought. Uh, Baby was a pretty well fleshed out character. I, I liked the whole tinnitus thing and having to listen to music because uh, anyone who's had tinnitus knows that's like it's or anyone who has tinnitus knows that it's not uh, it's not fun. You ha- uh, I believe they had kind of like a joke thing where they said Barbara Streisand mm-hmm. uh, has it, so I guess that's kind of um, a neat sequence. Yeah, and I just liked how they brought back the um, kind of the main people that were influential and those last two heists for uh baby where uh, they have john ham and jamie fox and uh, uh and they have like darling and everything to have them come back i i i just i it was, having this conversation kind of changed my opinion about it a little bit more so i'm gonna go ahead and say my final rating for this movie is an eight out of ten Alright, I go one above, I give this a nine because this is one of my favorite Edgar Wright films and honestly this kind of changed me in a little way because I, I have a bigger respect for Edgar Wright now because yeah. I didn't know if this would work but now I'm not going to question any of his concepts. Like Quentin Tarantino, after Inglorious Bastards, I just don't question him anymore. Yeah, so um, this is only my, I believe this is only my second Edgar Wright movie. I saw Scott Pilgrim vs. The World uh, a few weeks ago, really enjoyed it. Uh, then I saw this and I was like, oh, this is a really good movie too. I think, uh, so I think I've, uh, Edgar Wright has a good reputation in my eyes. Uh, as you said, so does Quentin Tarantino. Quentin uh, Tarantino does not make a five or below movie in my opinion. Okay. So I guess that's all we have to talk about today on Rewind Replay. We'll figure out next time if anybody wants to talk about any different movies or if Brian wants to come back and discuss any films. I have a few. You have a few you can think of? Okay. Uh, But that being said, thank you guys for listening to Rewind Replay this week. I will see you guys next time, uh, probably with a Hobbs and Shaw review and something else. I'm not sure. But uh, thank you guys for listening. See you next time.